0: the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, But the other nine, where where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, open our ears and our hearts to hear your word as a message of healing and hope and to be transformed by our faith in your mercy. Amen. It all happened so fast. They saw him. They rushed to him. They called out. He heard them. He saw them. He called out, and he sent them on their way, and he kept going. They kept going. It all happened so fast they didn't even notice right away that they had been made clean. It's like a drive-by miracle at breakneck speed. Miracles are like that sometimes. They strike us before we've even asked, or or they come to us in response to something else that we ask for, like these men who ask for mercy and are granted a physical healing. We pray for one thing, and God provides us with something somehow beyond our request. We may pray for mercy amidst hardships, and we find uh, that we have been granted Uh, some deeper relationships around us, deeper relationships with God and and those close to us, or a more profound peace in our hearts. The healing stories in the Bible give us a sense of immediate results, as if encountering Jesus means on-demand physical and spiritual wellness. And before we are too hard on ourselves for having expectations that we too may so request and be given, we can be forgiven in thinking that that's how things work. Mark, the gospel writer of Mark, is notorious in his telling of the story of Jesus of describing Jesus' actions as immediate. Immediately. That's Mark's favorite word. People show up around Jesus with some kind of need, some kind of request, and immediately he acts. Immediately, they pick up their mats and walk. Immediately, their leprosy leaves them. Immediately, their 12 years of hemorrhaging stops. Immediately, a dead girl gets up, walks around, and asks for a snack. The Gospels are full of Jesus's quick response to those in need. This serves the storytelling of the Gospel writers. They have all of Jesus's life to pack into their four short Gospels. They have years of ministry and teachings and actions to boil down to a few handwritten pages of papyrus. John actually says at the end of his Gospel, there were so many other things that Jesus did He said, were every one of them to be written, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we have the vital highlights, and they are strung together for the purpose of giving us today a good, honest sense of who Jesus was, what he did, and why. For the purpose of impacting what we may do upon hearing them with the rest of our lives. The gospel themselves are like those mustard seeds that we talked about last week, these mustard seeds of faith. They are just a tiny shell packed with the whole truth of the gospel, which when we taste it, bursts forth, bursts forth with a force to move mountains, or better yet, to change lives. And that's exactly what happens when these ten men with leprosy, their skin disease would have kept them at some distance from the larger community. They weren't totally cut off from human contact, but neither were they fully welcomed. In the Hebrew law, in the Hebrew Bible, the law required that those with their particular form of disease, or maybe multiple diseases with just the name leprosy, it required that they keep a distance. So it's from a distance that these guys make their humble request to Jesus. They only ask for mercy. Their specific request for mercy. It it, it could mean that they were asking him for for food or for money. Like uh, the gentleman at the corner of a busy intersection holding a cardboard sign with the words have mercy written in a black marker. These guys who cry out to Jesus could also have been asking him simply for some basic human contact, a hunger for the mercy of eye contact and touch, the feeling of being seen, of being human. Maybe they're just asking for that mercy of kindness from Jesus who has shown himself in the past to be unafraid of touching someone with their particular condition. The mercy of being reminded that they're human beings. Maybe they're just wondered if if maybe there's a chance to feel the open-hearted touch of a respected rabbi, his clean flesh against their wounds. Mercy is their only plea from the one who has shown himself to be merciful at every turn. But you know, things are happening so fast in this story, it seems as if Jesus turns them away. He doesn't welcome them to him. He he doesn't go to them. There is no touch. He says, go. Go, as I'm sure they have heard so many people say to them before. Go, as many of our homeless neighbors here. Go, as many of those seeking safety in our nation here. Go. So they do. Go on their way. But Jesus' go is dramatically different than the many times that they've been sent away before. He tells them, go, because in response to their prayer, he is giving them something far beyond their imagination. They make a humble request, and suddenly the full power of God is unleashed on them, and they don't even know what to do with it. It's the gospel in a mustard seed, this story. God hears our cries. God responds. But do we understand right away what God has done for us? What do we do with the mercy of forgiveness or the promise of eternal grace, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mercies never ceasing? It's all so sudden and so transformative. These gifts from God are so far beyond what we've even managed to ask for. The poet Mary Oliver talks about miracles which happen the way I think these men experience Jesus when they ask for mercy. Oliver, who who died just earlier this year, lived much of her life by the sea in Massachusetts and in Florida. And sea Life for her provided glimpses of life's great mysteries. Oliver describes a simple scene of a natural world and it becomes suddenly in her writing this description of of love or of of loss or hope and beauty and, and even God. She said that attention is the beginning of devotion. And because she paid such close and gentle attention to the world around her, she perceived both tragedies and miracles where many of us could miss them. She provides the stories of the gospel writers, uh, the, the, the stories that the gospel writers didn't have time or space to put into their telling which is why the Holy Spirit gives people like Mary Oliver the eyes to witness the gospel in wilderness and asks her to bear witness to these things for those of us who need help seeing God's work unfolding around us still. In one short story, Oliver writes about her many encounters with fish, specifically those that have been caught, and also with fishermen. She wasn't successful fishing herself. Uh, she would go out in a wooden boat and fish all afternoon, uh, drawing in hooks cleaned of their bait. And later it was explained to her that most likely she was just feeding some crabs or some other very grateful critters below. But she would watch more successful fishermen over the years pulling their fish out of the sea. And some were left in buckets, And some cast aside on the shore, some picked clean by birds, some pulled, fighting from the tide, and then tossed back into the sea. Others cooked to perfection and on her plate. She recalls being given a very fresh bluefish by a fisherman. It was still alive, actually, when she had it and began to clean it for supper, when suddenly out of the fish's full belly spilled dozens of tiny sand eels, the dinner the fish had been enjoying before he was caught. Oliver writes, pieces of sand eels fell out, and among them, maybe a half dozen were intact, squirming, unhurt, in fact. She says so quickly, without a moment's warning, does the miraculous swerve, and point to us, demanding that we be its willing servant. Swifter than thought, my hands scooped them and plunged them into the cold water, and the film of death fell from around them. And for an instant, they throbbed in place, too dazed to understand that they could swim back into life. And they uncurled like silver leaves, and flashed away. Perhaps this is how it was for those men to encounter Jesus. For God only knows how long these men have been living as outcasts, isolated from community, when suddenly there on the road is Jesus, and before they know it, they are healed. All they said was what they could manage to say. Have mercy. And then what they got were clean bodies, new life, unimaginable to them, even moments before. Here, the hand of God scooped them up and plunged them back into life in this moment. And they are too dazed to understand what has happened to them. Except one. One of them, when he sees his clean flesh, flashes to life immediately, praising God. Folded into this story are glimpses of our realities. We too can feel at considerable distance from Jesus, separated by time and culture and even flesh. Maybe it feels sometimes like our prayers are just shouts out into the space between us, asking maybe for too much, or, or, or maybe for too little, or maybe we don't even know what we are supposed to ask for. Perhaps we feel like those men may have, that our pleas for mercy have been unheard, or that we are simply turned down yet again. Sometimes it may feel like we are one of those fish struggling against some invisible and unrelenting force trying to drag us out of this life. Maybe you've felt tossed aside, like a fish tossed to the birds, unseen, unheard. But what then do we make of the many times in this life when so quickly, without a moment's warning, does the miraculous swerve and point to us. Because God does see, and God does hear, and God does act. If attention is the beginning of devotion, we could likely pay close attention to the moments in our life when a spoken or unspoken plea for mercy has been heard. And God has responded in ways that we didn't notice right away and so couldn't acknowledge. We place so much emphasis on the physical when we think of being made well. And that makes perfect sense. It's what we know most. It's what the stories of the healings in the Bible seem to lead us to. And certainly God has the power to heal Like this. But in this story, it's not a skin disease that Jesus has transformed. Nor do I think it's a skin disease that Jesus is most interested in transforming. It's not a skin disease that Jesus is most interested in making well. Because Jesus is interested in transforming lives from pain to flourishing, transforming hearts to burn for justice, transforming communities to families of love, transforming the world into a place of greater humanity, greater appreciation for the garden of creation in which we live, greater peace within these bodies and this life, In this story, ten men are healed of their leprosy, but only one is made well. Ten men are shown mercy, but only one demonstrates faith. Ten men have had the miraculous point to them, but only one becomes the willing servant of the one who transforms our expectations about every aspect of this life. This kind of healing where God grabs hold of our hearts even while tending our bodies gives us faith to know that when in time our bodies or our minds begin to fade, that God still holds tightly to our hearts, that our lives, like those sea eels stunned by the fact of hope to still be alive, uncurl and flesh to life each new day for all of eternity, enlivened by the miracles that are deeper than flesh. The fact is that even in the face of death, God reaches even into our very graves to pull us out of the darkness and plunge us yet again Finally, into a river of eternal life. Have mercy is the cry of every human and plant and animal on earth. Faith is our hope in God's reply to us all together. So get up. Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen. (laughs) Let's go.